many different perspectives, I guess you could say, of the Christmas narrative. Uh, we could look at the Christmas story from Mary's viewpoint as we would see her uh, encounter an angel and be informed that she is going to be uh, come pregnant um, supernaturally by the Spirit of God, uh, that she is going to give birth to the Son of God. Uh, we could look at the Christmas story from uh, Joseph's perspective as he finds out that this woman that he is engaged to is now pregnant. Of course, he knows that he's never had uh, sexual encounters with her, and it would be natural for him to want to, to put her away. Of course, uh, being engaged in, this, in, in their day was not like it is today. He would have to go through a divorce process, and we can look at, at Joseph's story, how the angel appears to him and, and confirms to him what God is doing we could look at uh, the Magi as they travel and come and fall down and bow down and worship this child who is the Son of God. This morning, I want to look at the Christmas story, I, I guess we could say from the average Joe's perspective. The, the normal person doing a job out in the field and they hear the good news of a Savior. This message this morning is going to be very, very simple. If you're a Christian and you've been a Christian very long, it's not going to be anything new to you. But it may be a reminder, a refresher to us that Christ has called us to worship Him, to love Him, to submit to Him as King. We're going to be reading this morning Luke chapter 2. We're going to read verses 8 through 20. As we consider the Christmas story through the shepherd's eyes. Luke chapter 2, beginning in verse 8. Hear the word of the Lord. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. Three very simple points I would uh, aim and, and desire simply to remind us of this morning. And that is this. The first, 
the Savior revealed. I, I would challenge us just to picture this in our minds. These shepherds, it's nighttime, most likely not the middle of winter. Uh, most experts say December 25th is almost definitely not when Jesus was born, and that's not important. What we do know is that Jesus was born. He did come into his creation. The Bible doesn't ex exactly tell us what time of year. The important thing is that we know that Christ was born. It's nighttime. These shepherds, Luke informs us, are tending their flocks. They're going through their normal everyday routines. But something very different happens. Verse 9, an angel of God appears to them. Now imagine what this must have been like. Imagine the fear that this must have invoked. I mean, imagine yourself at work. Imagine yourself at home going through your daily routine. And all of a sudden, there's an angel standing there. You know it's an angel. Maybe there's wings and, and a glowing. The Bible tells us that this angel appears. Verse 9 says these men are terrified. And I think you and I can hopefully appreciate this. Notice again verse 10, the angel says to them, the very thing that they're doing, don't do it, fear not. For behold, the angel says, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Verse 11, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Verse 12, and this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. This angel appears to these shepherds and, and proclaims to them the truth about the birth of a Savior, the, the birth of an anointed one. We've looked, I hope you have not missed it, over the last months and months going through Luke's gospel, that the Jews knew that God had promised a Messiah. He had promised one who would come, who would save them, who would deliver them. And now this angel delivers the message to these shepherds who are doing their work, tending their flocks. This Messiah, he's been born. Today, there's a sign for you. You'll find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. All that God has promised is coming true. Verse 14, these, this angel delivers the message. Verse 13, a, a multitude. If the one didn't scare you to death, here comes a multitude of a heavenly host, verse 14, they're praising God and saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom God is pleased. The birth of Christ has been revealed to these shepherds. On an ordinary day, they get this extraordinary message that Jesus has been born. And I would just take this as an opportunity to remind us of why we celebrate Christmas, why we light Advent candles. The message is the same. Christ has been born. Christ came into his own creation. Verse 11, the angel of the Lord reveals to these men why Jesus is born. The purpose, verse 11, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ, who is the anointed one, who is the Messiah, who is the Lord. 
Verse 10, the angel says, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. What we celebrate today, what we celebrate throughout the month of December, it's not presents, it's not trees. It is the fact that God has come into his own creation. He has come as a, as a Messiah. He has come as a Savior. He has come, and the news should be amazingly good news that as sinners we can be saved because Christ has come. Secondly, we see not only the Savior revealed in this text that is all too familiar to us, we see the Savior desired. The story does not end with a pronouncement that the Christ, that the Messiah, that the Savior has been born. We see the actions of these shepherds. They hear the message. The angels say, there's born for you. The good news is to be proclaimed. A Savior has come. And these shepherds say, let's go see him. Let's go find him. Verse 15. When the angels went away from them into heaven, they, they proclaimed, a Messiah has come, a Savior has come. And this multitude of heavenly hosts comes and they're singing glory to God in the highest. Verse 15, the angels go away from them back into heaven. The shepherds say to one another, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has made known to us. It's... it's, The response of the shepherds. It's not enough for them to hear that Christ has come. It's not enough to know that the angels are worshiping. And then they look at each other and their response is, let's go find this one. Let's go see this one that has been proclaimed to us. It makes me wonder, as I think through this text, I wonder, did these men know all the Old Testament promises of the coming Messiah? Have they heard? Have they read? Have they been taught of this one That God, the God of Israel, would send this Messiah who would deliver his people from their bondage. And it's interesting to me that it's not enough for them to hear the message proclaimed that he has come. They look at each other and they say, let's go see him. Let's go look at the one who has come. I want to see him. I want to encounter him myself. I have to be honest with you, it it, it is extremely troubling to me as I've looked around the, the culture of American Christianity today and I look at the number of churches today on the Lord's Day that in essence they have said, leadership of churches have said We are going to allow the traditions of man to be the forefront and we're going to allow the commands of God to be pushed aside and they've canceled services on the Lord's Day for what? The celebration of man-made traditions. Have you thought through that? Friends, we are guilty today, not us. I I praise God that we're here. 
We're doing what Christ has commanded us to do, but I'm, I'm, I am burdened that we live in a culture today in which Jesus, he rebuked the religious leaders. He said, you forsake the commands of God. Why? For your man-made traditions. He said, he, he accused him. He said, you keep rules and regulations that men have made and you take the law and the rules and the commands of God and you disregard them. And without being judgmental or harmful or hurtful, I would say to every pastor and every leader of a church today that said, we will close our doors on the Lord's Day, stay home and do man-made traditions, shame on us. And it's as if we've almost not batted an eye to it. I, I am so concerned as I read this text, this simple text of, of ordinary shepherds out in a field. The angels come and say, he's been born. The one who has been promised has been born. Their response is, let's go to him. Let's see him. Let's pursue him. And, and, and through a, a flawed pastor's eyes, I look at our world, I look at the church today in, in a universal sense, and I, I, I fear that we are moving further and further away from the Word of God and more and more to the opinions of people. I would simply ask this question. You answer this question. Is the Lord's Day, is it an option for a professing Christian to say, I will or I will not be in a congregation of believers today to worship Christ the King? Don't answer that out loud. I just want you to think through that. Maybe you've never thought through that. Is the Lord's Day an option? Like, does Jesus say, hey, there's this day, Paul and, and John, they refer to it as the Lord's Day? Is it an option for you and I to say, well, if I can be there, I'll be there. If not, I won't. Is that an option? I fear there are many people sitting in churches in our modern day that would say, yes, it is an option. I can worship God in my boat. I can worship God in the woods. I can worship God on the Lord's Day anywhere I choose. I, I would warn you. That what we are doing is we are taking 2,000 years of church history. And we are saying, I disagree with 99.9% .9 of what the church has said for almost 2,000 years. It's, it's a desire. We see it in these shepherds to see and to know and to worship and to be intimately close to this one that God has sent. Christ, the anointed, the Messiah, my Savior. I'd ask you simply this morning... Does your heart desire to be intimate with Christ? Do you love him? And do you love his bride? Do you desire to be with his bride? 
There is in this text a Savior revealed. There is also in this text a Savior desired. I I find myself personally, this is me speaking personally, I find myself personally struggling more and more as as I go on in my life as a man, as a follower of Christ, as well as a pastor in the context of the American modern church. I find myself struggling. I I think this way, you could go back about a hundred years, you would not have to go back very far, and you could begin to, if you could, raise dead Christians back to life. And I fear that they would walk into our church services and it would be foreign to them. They would not understand why we're doing what we're doing. You could start bringing dead Christians back to life and say, hey, a lot of churches canceled church on the Lord's Day, Christmas Day, and they would be appalled. Why do I say all this? You're like, man, this is kind of downer for Christmas morning. I say this for this reason. Christ has come. He's not, um, one of the problems in the Old Testament, God says he rebukes Israel. He says, the the main problem is that you treat me, God speaking, like I'm like you. God says, "You you, you seem to think that I'm just another guy like you. It's not true. He is the God who created all things. He's the God who came into his own creation to save sinners. And he's calling us to bow down to worship in reverence and fear and and awe and wonder of the one true and living God. And I wonder, do we live that way? The Savior revealed, the Savior desired Thirdly, we see the Savior praised. They are told about the Christ child that Jesus has been born. He's come to save them. They have a desire to see this child. And they go and they find this baby. They tell Mary and Joseph all the angels have told them. Then notice what the shepherds do. They head back home. Back to work, back to their families, back to normal, ordinary life. But there was something different. Verse 20, they they are praising and glorifying God. Look at verse 20. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. If you're a Christian here this morning... I I guess my heart's desire is to simply say this. Don't get caught up in celebrating Christmas like the rest of the world is celebrating Christmas. Don't be content to throw a tree up, some lights up, some gifts under the tree and say, boy, it's Christmas again. And go through the, the, the routine, watch the movies, sing the songs, and move on with life. May we learn something from these ordinary shepherds who are doing their ordinary, everyday, mundane tasks, they hear the message, he's been born, 
the Christ has come into the world. They go, they encounter, they pursue, they worship, and then they go back to ordinary, everyday, mundane life, worshiping and praising Christ their King. May we take their example. May we follow their example. And may we desire to offer worship to Christ according to his word. I have no desire to offer worship to Christ according to this world, according to the church down the road. I have every desire to say I want to know the word of the living God and I want to offer worship to him that is acceptable and pleasing in his sight. May we strive to do that until we meet him face to face. Let me close this in a word of prayer and then we will close with a song of worship this morning. Let's pray together. Father, we do praise you, God, for the message that we celebrate at Christmas. But not only at Christmas, if we are believers, that we celebrate every moment of every day until we meet you face to face. God, we glorify and we praise and we worship you that you entered into your own creation, that you would put on flesh you would dwell among us, you would be tempted in every way, yet never sin, and that you would go to a cross, that you would bear our sin, you would bear our shame, you would bear every transgression against you. You would pay our debt in full, you would rise from the dead, and you would offer to those who would believe, to those who would look to Christ by faith, forgiveness. Not just forgiveness, but the very righteousness of Christ imputed to our account. That you would grant us the indwelling of your Holy Spirit. That you would seal us by your Holy Spirit until the day of redemption. Until the day we meet you face to face. That you would work in us. That you would sanctify us. God, that you would create in us hearts that desire to offer to you the one true living God. White, hot worship. that in us let the spirit of Christmas and the reminder of the birth of a Christ who would save us from our sins be ever growing in our hearts and in our minds the result is worship, praise adoration obedience, submission to Christ our King our Savior, our Lord I ask your blessings upon the rest of this day that you would provide, that you would protect, that you would guide us and direct us. And that it would be our aim to bring honor and glory to Christ, our King. We love you. Father, we praise you. We ask this all in Jesus' name. Pray that you have a wonderful Christmas day as you spend time with your family and your friends and that we would understand and that we would leave here, not just today, but for the rest of our days on this earth, every breath that we draw with a truth like 1 Corinthians 10 31 just drilled into our heads and into our hearts but the apostle Paul says whatever you do whether you eat whether you drink do it how how one more time do all that you do Paul says whether you eat whether you drink whether you sleep whether you work whether you open a Christmas present do it all that you would say I worship Christ my king and it's for his glory 
I understand who he is. I understand the treasure that he is. I don't want to make much of Jesus in this. I love you. I praise God for you. And I pray that you have a great, great day together with your family and friends.